Hey, so is it true? Is what true? That Jughead, you know, is alive. What? Kevin, that's insane. Not to mention cruel. I'm sorry. It's just what people are saying. Who? What What people? Seriously, tell me. Who is saying that Jughead is alive? Everyone? I first heard it from that Stonewall prep girl at the funeral. Do you mean Donna Sweet? Yes, that was her name. Uh, she was talking about how it was all some elaborate ruse. Previously on Milkshakes and Mimosas, Andrew lost his mind, Valeska revealed her secret horse racing expertise, and Jason was delighted by the carnage this episode wrought. One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue. But the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine, just fine, just, just fine. There's Jughead and Betty. And Dad's a serial killer serving some jail time, jail time, jail, jail time. We got milkshakes at Pops and mimosas at Veronica's. Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime, some crime, some, some crime. Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine. Maybe damage, damn, damn, damn. Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time with Team Cheryl. Who's Archie? Hello and welcome to another wine-tastic episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, where we're all quarantined all the time. And uh, we're not just alone in this quarantine, like you should be. Uh, we are with other humans. Considerably, maybe. We're not sure about Jason. Jason, welcome. No, oh, thanks. I just want to say um, I'm eternally grateful that when we're all dead in the next seven months, that um, this will be forever available um, for the next um, race of beings to uh, listen to. And then they'll know why we're no longer around exactly so that they know that like much like the starting of the movie alien when they like find a person in a chair who's like slowly decaying uh they'll they'll know that that person was decaying listening to milk chicks and mimosas we'll see, aj applegate has burst through my chest uh, <laughs> applegate <laughs> oh gotta love that applegate. applegate speaking of somebody who knows all about applegates uh it's valeska hello valeska what does that even mean who knows (laughs) whoa now we're using riverdale logic which is no fucking logic whatsoever so uh we're doing another episode where we're just covering a single episode uh mostly because uh a lot of this season is going to be postponed or delayed considerably um depending on when uh everything with the coronavirus kind of like comes through and finishes but as such they're not filming new episodes so we thought that for now we would do one episode at a time in the recap uh also you can hear a lot of cats meowing in my background it's just one cat he is very vocal my apologies uh but i'm not actually don't ever apologize for that i would never apologize uh it adds life to every podcast but yeah so for now we're just going to be covering one episode at a time again and uh boy did we pick a doozy Boy, did we pick a doozy. Mm. I mean, we didn't write it. Ah, well, I mean, I don't know about Jason. See, I have this theory that Jason is actually a writer for the TV show Riverdale. (gasps) 
I have this theory, guys. It's kind of been percolating for a while. I have this idea that Jason is taking things from this podcast and adapting them into the show to create more episodes of this podcast. Excuse me, sir. Are you accusing me on this podcast? Huge if true. Yeah, yeah. I am accusing you on this podcast because guess what? Only you would start... Okay, this episode starts with a quote. <laughs> this episode starts with a quote, okay? This is um episode 72, To Die For? Is that what... Yes, what To Die about? For, uh, the Nicole Kidman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, okay, this starts with a quote that the only thing I thought of when I saw this quote was the movie Freddy's Dead. Oh, yes. Oh, what? And by that I mean it quotes itself <laughs> in order to be like a funny nod, here we are, right? What? So Freddy's Dead, the uh, very famous 1991 movie directed by Rachel Talalay, which is great. Um, also, Rachel Talalay has actually done Sabrina episodes, so this is kind of connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does begin with a Nietzsche quote and then immediately followed, followed after with Welcome Nietzsche. to Primetime Bitch by <laughs> Freddy Krueger, right? <laughs> and Which, classic, hilarious, and uh, adds a lot of hilarity to the mix. We have a lot of line readings from various uh, works of fiction in, in this episode, uh, but the thing that starts it off is a Jughead quote, and it goes as such. Life's not like an Agatha Christie novel. It's a whole lot messier. They should have just quoted from an Agatha Christie novel, though. Yeah, or like, I don't know, they could like they could have any other quote. Any other quote. Literally anything. A, if every you, single one of these characters died one by one, like fucking like the Agatha Christie book, I would be very happy. <laughs> Can we all Except just note Betty. that? Can we just note that Jason was, uh, for a moment, struck in with the absolute terror of trying to name that Agatha Christie book, uh, uh, no, and realizing I, um, there were five different titles he could have used, and, uh, and seven four of them, them are, are would get me canceled immediately. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then there was none. Um, so much okay. like that classic, classic book, this begins with. <sighs> a documentary. Alice, Betty's Cooper's mom, is filming a documentary about the murder of Jughead. It's basically exactly like To what? Die For. Why? So much yeah. of it's done found footage style. What? Yeah, there's, there's a bunch Gus, of found footage Gus, style. Do you guys think Gus Van Sant <laughs> signed off on this? Or do you think he was watching this and was like, these motherfuckers? I think he's planning his revenge right now as we oh, speak. Oh, great. Mm, I hope so. I hope so. And I hope it begins with the same quote. Like, I hope it just starts with the same quote. (laughs) It just starts with the quote, fuck these motherfuckers, Gus Van Zandt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming for you fuckers. You tell them I'm fucking coming. Uh, Uh, And then it's just shot like elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyways, so we find out on this first phone call that Betty gets a phone call. I, and I just said phone call twice, but that's fine. Uh, but Betty got into Yale. Whoa! Because she, conceivably, got Jughead spot because Jughead died. Wow! Whoa! Apparently, when Yale gets someone <laughs> murdered, they go, whoa, let's just get someone from the same town. <laughs> so yeah. does Yale actually call people? 
Like, wouldn't it be something that was sent via mail? Oh, of course. Like, Yale would be like, yes, I sent this poor boy to give you uh, a message with his three shillings a week that I give him <laughs> to give my bread for me. Oh, yes. Every, every um, invite to Yale is delivered via owl, I believe. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you of thinking course. Hogwarts? Oh, no, I think he's just thinking turfs and he gets it mixed up. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> well, everyone that leaves Yale becomes Voldemort, I'm assuming, right? <laughs> so, when they do this interview about Betty getting into Yale, they do it uh, in front of Betty's broken mirror uh, because I guess they just think it's artistic, but my head immediately just goes to, guys, why haven't we got a new mirror? Like,. Betty's family is rich AF. They have to get a new mirror. Are they? Like, they have a house, okay? <laughs> I mean, in this economy, sure. Yeah, in this economy, they got a house, okay? Um, so we cut to uh, Alice doing another role after we have this moment, and then we find out who is helping her film this. Jason, what character in Riverdale do you think has any fucking AV knowledge? I mean, I would, uh, I would have guessed it would be Jughead, but he's dead, right? So who else might be a good? Mm. I mean, we have to keep in mind if we're going like with the whole "this is to die for" thing, then she's going to end up seducing her camera person. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a thing that happens in a movie I haven't seen. That's why I'm telling you, I know you haven't Fair seen it. And not Archie. It is no, not Archie. Uh, okay, can you imagine Archie trying to fame, frame a shot? He'd be like, we're the thirds. What do I punch it three times? Yeah. Punch, punch, punch. Dancing I just punch the camera until it's in position. <laughs> uh, no, it's Kevin. Kevin Keller. Uh, Kevin Keller is doing the uh, the camera work. Um, and might I add, he's not doing just one camera. There are multiple cameras in this shot, and he is operating both of them. And I think she he's only like, speaks to one of them. And she only speaks to one of them, so I guess the other is, like, B-roll, so that you can cut to it and make it less boring. Obvs. But, like, why is he doing both at the same time? No! That's not how it works. Also, like, she works for, like, an, a legitimate news agency. Sure, it is just a newspaper, but I'm sure somebody on the staff of that goddamn newspaper knows how to operate a camera better than a teenager whose friend just died. Hmm. Um, I mean, to die for, all the cameras were operated by teenagers. So, no. kind of makes sense. Just, teenage you're just making Phoenix. that up. Wait, no, wait, stop. No, no, stop, no, stop, teenage stop. Joaquin no. Phoenix, actually, I believe, correct? <laughs> okay, I, guys. You have to see what? this movie. All right, to die answer? for Kevin Keller, he's operating phone cameras, phone cameras, the greatest cameras of all time. No, these are real cameras. Although, when you look at the footage, uh, I don't know what janky-ass cameras they think they're filming on, but they are showing good, nice cameras being filmed on. But whenever they show the footage, it looks grainy, like it's on a VHS cam. <laughs> and they literally do a thing where they do the like VR VHS blur lines before cutting to some interviews. And I'm like, those are clearly digital cameras. I can see the SD cards. I can see the viewfinder. I know that this is not shot on VHS. So why the fuck would you add that in After Effects? Also, why does this look like you're filming at 240p? Like, what is happening right now? I appreciate that, though. Um, typically, they like just make a reference in the title, and it's they don't do any fucking thing with it. But this one, they just went whole hog to die for, like um, committed to this reference, which 
I would guess 1% of the people that watch Riverdale fucking FC to die for, right? It's yeah, I mean, it's true. Myself, and that's about it. It's true, yep. Because really? uh, smart people have seen that movie, and I have not. Um, so we cut to the next scene. Um, so for, for whatever reason, she wants to add color and character to her tale. So she introduces and interviews the uh, so-called oldest member of Riverdale, which is, of course, uh, Nana Rose, uh, sans eye patch yet again. Why is she not wearing her eye patch? But uh, we have been well established that Nana Rose probably on early onset dementia at this point uh there have been multiple references of nana rose doing some sketchy stuff and being like the babies was talking to me and they flying very high but anyways uh of course cheryl um is in this episode uh reduced to her season one uh persona what, what so you're saying is that th- nana rose is the joe biden of riverdale uh don't insult nana rose she <laughs> has better policies uh and is not a hack uh, anyways uh so she does say uh this following quote riverdale was a town born in blood what, what? and it's been bathed in it ever since <laughs> yep 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 I was um, born in blood exactly um I don't know. She probably thinks blood is maple syrup. Like I said, she's That's fucking That's exactly what point. I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Nan- Nana Rose is not all there. It was born uh, in blood. It tastes great on pancakes. And, and, and before you think that the entire episode would take place using this shooting style, and maybe we would have a consistency, even if it is a tad bit annoying, uh, no, we then sh- cut to normal Riverdale style, no. and we are back to Betty picking up some burgers at Pops, where our dearest friend Cheryl, who was not in last episode, comes to join her. Mm. Now, I love this scene. She though. is talking to Betty, and she says that Betty and Jughead remind her of two very famous Shakespearean characters <laughs> that are not Romeo and Juliet, okay? Not Romeo and Juliet. Jason, who the fuck does she think they are? Othello and Desdemona. No, no. she thinks she calls them Hamlet and Ophelia. What? Betty is kind of crazy. I guess that crazy... Do you think is, are they going to pull a switch where the junior FBI doesn't exist and she's just in her room by herself talking to like a bunch of dolls? I mean, Kevin was there too. Mm. So, unless mm. she imagined that Kevin, unless she imagined Kevin altogether, <laughs> Look, no one's offering the ima- cameras, you guys. <laughs> if Kevin's a fictional. Alice is the most skilled documentarian of all fucking time. She is operating that those cameras with a series of pulleys and levers, and it's going amazing. Kevin and um, fucking Kevin and Betty is just Fight Club. Fucking Betty is <laughs> Oh my Tyler god. Tyler Durden of the fucking Cesario. We solved it, you and, guys. Uh, and guys, I'm sorry to uh, tell you this, but this is the end of the podcast. Uh, we did have our first Fight Club reference. Oh, and, me, uh, you know, me, I did have a, a, a growing thing to, not as a joke, just out of general distaste to never talk about Fight Club. <laughs> 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 but uh after this after this season this season uh we'll have a lot to talk about won't be fight club but we will be talking about cheryl's uh destroyed character arc uh because in this scene she is kind of good like i think this is okay cheryl scene this is no, an okay cheryl scene she, she, talks, she 
reaches out to Betty and she's like, you know, I've been through some shit. Now you're going through some shit. And I know what it was like for me when I was going through it. So I'm here to make sure that you don't kill yourself. So you're on suicide watch and I'm your best friend and I'm going to take you everywhere you need to go. Yeah, exactly. And that seems like a good scene. So we we will talk about the downfall of Cheryl in this episode, but I think this is a good moment for Cheryl. Yeah, and her I next think scene that, is not as great. Well, the uh, last her scene, next I guess. Three, her next 17 scenes are not this great. I kind of like the interview with Alice, but we'll get to that too. Okay, sure, we'll get to that. <sighs> okay, so uh, we then cut to a old Riverdale staple, which is Archie and Veronica fucking. Um, they banging, and then no, all no, of no, a sudden, they're trying so they... to. Something goes wrong. Oh yes, sorry, they are <laughs> trying to bang, and what the banging is not going successful. Uh, they've been quarantined together for two weeks, and the love just isn't there anymore. Uh, no, wait, sorry, Homosa <laughs> interrupts the uh, the uh, coital making uh, scenario, and Hermosa's all like, "Ooh, look at those abs! I could get lost in them abs." And then uh, Veronica basically. just like covers up the abs with a sheet. Yeah, she, she covers up Archie's abs. That is like, you ain't inj- objectifying this boy. <laughs> yeah, everybody's yeah. seen his abs. Why are you covering them up now? Uh, I don't know, man. Because Hermosa wants the them, and Veronica yeah. is like anti-Hermosa. But anyways, Hermosa's like, something funny is going on around here. I'm going to find out what's going on in the truth. Veronica, just letting you know, as I am Sheriff Hermosa. She wants to find uh, out why she was, uh, I guess, under investigation from Barnard. So she called and pretended she was Hermione. So she's like, she's on that now. That's like her thing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what happens. I just, uh, you know, kind of blocked out the scene because I was, I got lost <laughs> in those apps. No, she put on her detective um, cap, so. She put on her little detective cap. And, I bet she uh, looks great in it, too. Her styling this episode is just like, mwah, chef's kiss. It is, it is. Um, we then cut to uh, what every documentary has, especially when being filmed during a active murder investigation, and that's an interview with the sheriff in charge of said investigation, who is also the father of the victim. And also uh, as, banging the documentarian. And also banging the documentarian. Um, there is absolutely nothing suspicious or a little untoward about this interview. Uh, it's all above board. Uh, the ethics... Not at all murky or complicated. Um, it's all pretty solid. Right, guys? I think we can all agree. Oh, 100%. 100%. Hundo P. Hundo P. Um, so some shit happens where Sheriff Jones is like, My son's dead. They found a rock and it could be foul play. I don't know. Um, it's kind of an uh, interesting scene. Um, so then uh, Donna... Uh, it, we cut to Donna, good old Donna, Donna at Stonewall Prep, and Donna is, uh, you know, she's pretty confident about the situation. There have been some things that have, like, knocked her out a little bit, but, you know, she's still feeling like she's in control. Well, that control is starting to get a little shattered when she starts approaching her room, and who but old Bretty Poo comes to interrupt her and goes, the cop's dead, the Jughead's dad's in your room, and he's looking for stuff. And Donna's like, what? How could he be in here? Get out of my room. And then, you know, Jughead's dad's like, I've got a warrant. And Donna's like, well, whatevs. I ain't got nothing from your son in here, so fuck off and do whatever. Um, to which uh, Jughead's dad, FP, Skeet Ulrich, he finds a pin. His squill pin. A- with his, his uh, initials in the back. 
Yep, his squill pin. Skull and crossbones? Or is it just like a... Is it, is it the skull and crossbones Quill and pin? skull. Quill and skull. God damn it. I can't figure out the name of this stupid Quill. fake club. That's why I we shortened it to squill. <laughs> it's squill easier. Squillix, the greatest band of all time. She's got a pin, <laughs> and the pin is marked with uh, Jughead's name. So they're like, what the hell? And then Donna then goes into full like crying mode, and Donna's like, I was just scared Donna's of acting Betty. in the scene is good. I was just real scared of Betty and was scared that her and her friends were going to murder us because they clearly murdered Jughead. We saw her. She we tells... <laughs> she tells FP, she's like, Brett and I went into the woods to do what teenagers do and saw the gang, Archie and Veronica and Betty, standing over Juggy's body. And so they uh, went to if, make it in the foliage. And and if you were FP, you'd be like, mm, Donna, you clearly ain't banging Brett. I mean, <laughs> like, girl, you better than that. So I don't I think she you. is better than that. She has a really nice print above her desk, a Gustav Klimt of The Kiss. Great taste. She also has a scream, which is a little more pedestrian, but whatever. Uh, yes, as we continue the uh, the ongoing saga of Velasca's really into Donna now, um, which is fair. I just like you know? an evil woman. Evil woman. I don't know if that's a song. Um, it is now. It is now. Um, so she does such a good job it, convincing FP that she saw this event that Jughead, Veronica, and Betty, Veronica, Archie. Betty, Veronica, Yep, Jughead's dead. Betty, Veronica, <laughs> and Archie get arrested and interviewed, uh, uh, you know, in some very interesting sequences. This well, is first, when... before they get interviewed, Betty and Veronica are being led out of the classroom, handcuffed by the police, which are holding their arms, and they're discussing their plan in front of the police. Yeah, as you do. Do you, well, though? Do yeah, you? yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'm always talking about podcast plans and they arrest me for doing bad podcasts. It's just what happens. All right. I mean, hey, man, you're don't worry, you're good. Uh, okay, so, uh, you know, Archie's, his lawyer is pretty pretty well set because it's his mom. So, obvious, obvious, that's his lawyer. Uh, and again, there's nothing uh, that is like a breach of confidence or like some, you know. I think that's Contradictory. Fine. Thing. it's fine it's fine now jason um who you think is veronica's lawyer who? not lawyer but like advocate i'm pretty sure it's like so in okay how why do you think advocate versus lawyer because for me it mm. seems like lawyer because because he has to pass the, the bar like, you have to I mean, have a like he's not a lawyer what do you so know what do you, That's... what do you know what you know all you know Hiram's entire history it's Hiram Lodge do you know okay. Hiram's entire history <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if Hiram were a lawyer he'd go around bragging about it all the time he just seems like that kind of guy you know okay fair 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 he see he screams to me that would like guy that would like pull like a, you know a Ted Bundy and like uh, represent himself and like think he's a lawyer kind of thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I mean, we saw him in court. Did he represent himself? You know, like this is already did, played out. We have. Yes. We can go back and look at the tapes. Look, we can go back and look at the tapes, or we can make uh, jokes. So, Aleska, your huge misstep here is thinking that there's any kind of consistency in the story <laughs> of Riverdale. That's your biggest mistake. My mistake. Okay. okay. So then we have the little interviews with those characters. Can we talk about but... how Alice is allowed to sit with Betty alone? Yeah. 
Yeah, we can because that's going to lead into the greatest. Yeah, she's allowed to sit of Riverdale history. So sorry, you go. I will talk about the okay. scene in Riverdale history. FP, the sheriff, the father of the murdered boy, allows Alice, the mother of the girl accused of killing his son, to sit alone with Betty in the interrogation room with the cameras <laughs> off. What is the point of arresting her? Love. Love can make everyone do a lot of crazy things. But we 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 have a little debate and a little discussion between Alice and Betty where Alice is like, look, you know, I expected this to happen. That's you know, insane. You're my daughter. I expected you to murder somebody. And especially I expected you to murder that Jughead boy. Quite frankly, never liked him. Never. <laughs> I don't remember I'm her saying that. Took you this long. I'm surprised it took this long, quite honestly. <laughs> And then the greatest scene in Riverdale history happens because it fulfills the moment that I wanted to happen in the Carrie episode of Riverdale. And that is um, an amazing Scream reference. FP comes in with the, to give them the, the instructions and give them the, uh, you know, the exposition about the rock that they found. Now, this is the rock that... Um, Betty switched out with the fake blood that she mm-hmm. so obviously asked Jelly Bean for in the right. worst cover-up of all time. But The Rock made it to FP, and FP sent it to Harvard, I think. It was Harvard. No, the FBI. <laughs> Sorry, it was the FBI. <laughs> Whatever. The FBI or the junior Quantico. FBI. Quantico. Quantico babies. And the Quantico babies were like, Gaga, Google, we did tests. And then um, FP comes back, and he's like, it's corn, it's corn syrup. A fake, a fake blood they use in the movies. What? Yeah, <laughs> FP Skeet Ulrich says basically says the line that he says in Scream, and I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, this is that scene from that movie. What? Um, also, I lied because there is a moment coming up that I did actually find the best in the series because I fast forwarded and rewound it like 17 times. So there is a scene coming up. Uh, oh, oh, I just whacked my cat's head when I tried to go back and pet him. Oh, I'm sorry. oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, we no, all no. suffered enough watching No, he's why he's, he's okay. He's okay. Right. I'm naming the cat Jughead, and he's fine. Oh, um, but this leads to uh, Betty getting released, and Betty's kind of tired. And Betty then goes on to uh, have a line exchange as she sleeps because she's interrupted in the middle of the night by one Donna Sweet. Which leads perfectly into our masterpiece, Riverdale Theater. Have a listen, if you please. Hello? I figured it out, Betty. It's 3 a.m., Donna. What the hell do you want? You got too confident. Overplayed your hand. Yeah. The rock found by that hiker wasn't smeared with synthetic blood. It was real. Which must mean you're working with Jughead's dad. Which made me wonder, why would a sheriff, a father, help the girl who killed his son? He wouldn't. Unless, of course, Jughead isn't dead at all. You saw his body, Donna. You and Brett burst into the morgue. I saw a body. I never looked into Forsyth's cold, dead eyes. I didn't even see his face. Are you seriously suggesting that I made Jughead pretend to be dead? 
It's what I would have done. In fact, I would have done everything to make the lies seem real, to buy myself more time to out my enemies. So now you're keeping Jughead tucked away while you desperately search for proof that would tie us to the attempted murder. You're vamping. You won't beat us, Betty. I'm going to implode your little scheme and lead this investigation right to your doorstep. There's no way out of this for you. So, Jason, what'd you... It's a long one. It's a long one. Uh, Jason, what do you think of uh, think of that exchange? What? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So um, there's a brief thing that happens before this exchange that I want to talk about. And this is the exchange where Betty gets a call from Donna at 3 a.m. Now, um, I didn't want to uh, interrupt because, you know, this is a very important line reading. I wanted to make sure we got to our first episode uh, edition of Masterpiece Theater. But... Donna goes in because she feels like she's losing control. She finds out that they were released, so she goes to Brett. Brett is playing a video game, Jason. (laughs) Jason, what fucking video game do you think that Brett is playing? Brett Weston Wallace. Brett Weston Wallace. He's playing a video game. And this this is a video game. Mm, I really don't have, like, a good guess on this. Um, Fucking Atari. Jason, it's fucking Atari. Atari. He is using an Atari joystick to play (laughs) the fucking Atari, I don't know, 2600? I think it's a 2600. (laughs) I don't know exactly. But he is... He is using an Atari joystick and frantically pressing buttons. I think he is, like, trying to play, like, Comet or, like, Galaga or something. Uh, Probably not Galaga because that's, like, uh, a little later. But it's ridiculous. Asteroid. Sorry. Not Comet. I don't know what else I'm thinking there. But, um, yeah. Well, that's what it would be called in Riverdale is Comet. Oh, no, dude. It would be called, like, Blastroids or something. Blastroids, it's great, though. It would be be something so tremendously stupid. It would be like, oh, it's Pop Rockets. Oh, made by Pops. Look at his face as you shoot people. Um, I don't know. Why? Who is this show for? Uh, Who is this show for? Nobody who watches this show remembers Atari. This show is for you, Jason. Also, the show is Jason, all for you. Jason, fuck you. You write this show. We figured this out. You're the one who remembers Atari. You knew that I'd get very mad about it, so you put it in the episode. It's true, I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Jason, we figured it out. Can you explain to me why Betty is the one who has to suggest that they hold a funeral for Jughead? <laughs> she suggested the search party. She's suggesting the funeral. She brings it up to Effie. She's like, you know, I was thinking maybe we should, you know, have a memorial service for him, for your son, for your dead son. Why don't we do that? Every time you have a question, Effie's like, that sounds good to me. It's like, you want to take care of it? I'm okay with that. Every time you have a question about why something really fucking stupid happens in Riverdale, the answer is. Because fuck Andrew, that's why. <laughs> oh, oh yep. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. So, um, why is he trying to shoot off into a rocket into space to escape his cult? His cult. Because fuck Andrew. That's it. yeah, yeah. Why now, are the now, eating that each other? That made Andrew's year though. Andrew. That was a gift to him. That's true. That's true. That's true. Sorry, did you say that made? Did you say that made Andrew's career? No, I said year, but maybe career. (laughs) This made Andrew's career, so he should be thankful for them feed his babies. Um, Let's see how this all plays out. 
yeah, so there is a funeral, but there's a few things that happens first. Uh, one, we find out that Archie's most... wayward boys are afraid of him now. Yes, because of murder. Uh, because they all like they're like, yo, we don't really want to come to your gym because we're pretty sure you murdered somebody. And the jacket's like, what? I wouldn't murder my best friend. Uh, but I would murder a guy who was dressed as a bear and I beat him to death last season. At but, least ha-ha. one guy, maybe three. <laughs> maybe I three. Picture, who could count? I picture that all of these boys are like 19, 19th century newsboys. Like, yes, keep picturing that. Ah, oh, yeah, we hear you did the murder. We did a slim slam on the big old Jim Jam, and now we're concerned for getting our whim-whams. That's so perfect Riverdale us. language. What's the deal with you murdering people? Um, the Jerry Seinfeld, though? <laughs> yeah, they all show up as Seinfeld. And then it's like, we made questionable decisions in the 90s in terms of who we dated. Who can remember? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld did very bad things. Anyways, uh, Hermosa gives a fake ID to um, to Veronica to help her escape. Uh, and on the ID is Veronica in the world's worst wig. So we get to remember uh, R.I.P. Wigdale, um, the terrible wig. Um, and Wait, another. Did she give it to her to help her escape? I thought she discovered it. And she was like holding it up as something else that she knows about Veronica now. No, I thought I thought she was giving it to her like, hey, this is your fake ID, right? Like, I made this I made this for you so you could escape. And then Veronica's like, you wish I, think I would she was take taunting this opportunity. Her. I, she was, yeah. she was, okay. but I thought she was taunting her by making it. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm, I could be wrong. I was, I don't know. Those scenes were not very interesting to me. <laughs> no, Except for Hermosa's outfits, which are perfect. They are. They are perf. Uh, and then we get a scene where Alice interviews Tony, and we first <laughs> get the introduction of um, this show is just assassinating Cheryl as a character, not as a person. Uh, I think Madeline Petch is doing fine, although she is in quarantine making weird YouTube videos that I am, of course, watching. Um, so basically, uh, Alice goes to interview Tony and Cheryl, and in this, uh, Tony goes, me and Jughead spent a night together once, and it really kind of, like, cemented our friendship. And then it cuts, and then it, like, pans over to Cheryl, and Cheryl's like, what? You think I'd be mad about, like, some one-night loveless stand? And again, my uh, view of that, for one, is like, mm, I don't know if Cheryl would be like that cut downy about like her girlfriend being that sad, especially when we saw her get so cut up over her brother's death and like, and, like all that crazy stuff that's happened in her life and all the people who were there to support her. I think she's kind of thrown shown some growth. She wouldn't have been that bad and that mean. And then they say, hey, Cheryl, is there anything you would like to say about this situation? And Cheryl goes, I'm sorry I called Jughead a hobo that one time. Yep. And then, and then Cheryl, and then like Alice is like, there's like a brief pause. And then Cheryl says, I'm really sorry I called Jughead a hobo that one time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the scenario. I laughed. It is character assassination, but. I I, I wrote it. down, I mean, that's fair. I wrote down, this is season one Cheryl. Because that's oh, what this 100%, feels like to me. Because yeah. this does not feel like the Cheryl we've come to know. This seems like Cheryl, like a whole bunch 
back in the past. Now, there could be an argument that like maybe like psychologically she has gone back to her original persona because she's so shook up about what happened to her friend and therefore she's kind of reliving what happened to her when her brother died. But let's be honest, I just put 20,000% more thought into it than any writer in Riverdale ever. Take that, Jason. Yeah, bitch. Bite your fucking tongue. <laughs> Anyways, now we go to uh, The Wake, which uh, Jason uh, so conveniently wrote to happen in uh, the household of the Smiths and Joneses collectively as they are living together and the Cooper. (laughs) Mm -hmm. One Cooper. Only Betty is living there. Uh, And her mom, her last name is Smith now, uh, which uh, I get uh, voluntold in a line reading. But you won't hear that. So, you know, just so you know, her last name is Smith. I was incorrect. Um, but so they are having a, a, a funeral get together, a wake, if you will, mm-hmm. or just a funeral, if you also will. I don't know why a funeral get together is a thing. I don't think anyone's ever said that in existence. Like, hey, let's go to the get together. It's a funeral. We'll have a few laughs. Anyway, so it's, you know, it's, it's attended by the normal Jughead Riverdale folks. You've got, you know, the serpents are there. Uh, you know, you've got all these people that he's interacted with in his past. And who would arrive but the Stonies? That's what they're calling the Stonewall Prep guys. I don't know if we mentioned that last episode. Probably. The maybe not. Stonies? The Stonies. I don't, think, I don't recall that at all. Yeah, they're calling them the Stonies. And uh, I probably hasn't been mentioned because it's fucking stupid. So... Before we get into, like, the big um, shenanigans that they pull, Hiram pulls FP aside and wants him to take a leave of absence to deal with his, like, emotional turmoil, which is totally reasonable, I think. Okay, yes. Oh, gosh darn it. I was really gonna, I was really gonna make a good joke about this. I, literally in my notes, I said, (laughs) FP gets laid off for the coronavirus. (laughs) No. Hiram goes like, look, this virus has been hitting us all pretty hard. We're going to have to make some cuts at City Hall. Oh, I'm sorry, FP, but you got to take a leave of sheriff. Uh, Also, it's, you know, you're kind of too involved with the case because your son's the one who's dead. Um, So FP quits. He's no longer the sheriff now. He's just going to be a gang leader, I guess. Not much different than being the sheriff, really. Not for him. Not for him. No, no, it's definitely not. Um, so the uh, the scenario also, another thing that happens in this is <laughs> Donna is like full on like uh, Jughead truther mode where she's like going up to people and just being like, yo, he's not dead, right? Like we all know he's not dead. She does and it she's to like, Jelly Bean. She does it to Jelly Bean at her brother's funeral. <laughs> she started she a YouTube got- video. This is loose change. <laughs> She basically no, she, grabs her and starts like shaking her and like yells at her like, when did you last see Jughead? She's doing one of those YouTube videos where she's like, yeah, I'm just here at this restaurant and I just happened to ask this person who was involved deeply with the scenario of which I think a conspiracy has happened, a very serious question which disrespects the actual events and they kicked me out. What the hell, man? This is a breach of my First Amendment rights. We're going to call this the magic rock theory. This is a magic rock throw. <laughs> there had to be another rock throw on the grassy knoll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
but yeah, old Jelly Jelly Bean, who is very young, gets a a moment where she is being uh, pretty much harassed by Donna. She has no <laughs> like, lines though, no lines throughout the entire episode. No, no, of course, of course not. Um, now before this happens though, Valeska, there's another reading from a very famous piece of media. Okay, okay, guys, okay, you gotta give me a second here. Okay, Betty reads. A line from a Sherlock Holmes story. Okay, sure. Jughead really thought he was Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. But Jason, what fucking thing does she read from from Sherlock Holmes? What do you think she reads? And by the way, one, not appropriate to read at a funeral. Two, it's an example of the worst fucking foreshadowing I've ever seen in anything ever. Go. It's bad. I don't. I don't know. You gotta. I mean, I've read a lot of um, uh, Sherlock Holmes, but I can't really. I'm. I'm sure it'll. Oh, um, hmm. you know, she reads about Reichenbach Falls. What? Yeah, yeah. She reads about the moment that Sherlock and Moriarty fall among the falls and fall to their deaths. And then, um, hmm, I wonder what else happens to Sherlock later in the series when uh, oh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle hey, decides to write more. Well. Who is Moriarty, Moriarty in this? In there's this. no there's no one to one. It's just bad foreshadowing because Jughead's not fucking dead. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get to that later. Isn't there on. A better, wouldn't there be a better there's gotta be some kind of better That's like the mantra illusion. of this podcast. There there's has to be something be, better. There's gotta be something better. Like my notes literally say, "Are you even fucking trying?" This you... is the tale. <laughs> like, what, what is the happening? Fuck is happening. Yeah. So, anyways, so uh, FP gets laid off. Donna confronts Jellybean, and then as like Donna is pretty much told to leave by Betty, Donna does this look to to Brett and is like, "Now is the time." So Brett runs like he runs towards the casket, ready to open the thing and flip what? it over to find out if he's dead or not. <laughs> he obviously gets stopped. But, like, what kind of a plot is this? It would have been amazing if he knocked it over and Jughead's body just came flopping out of the fucking coffin. <laughs> And then kind of like broke a little bit because it's decomposing. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just Jug- cuts to recreation of that scene from Clerks, like where they're just like <laughs> yeah, talking yeah, about some stuff that happened at a funeral. <sighs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we have the scene where, you know, Hermosa talks about how she heard the different stories. We have this like little cut where she is like gone to each of the parents to find out what they were told when, you know, they all arrived back in the uh, event that happened um, not too long ago, a.k.a. last episode. You know how they all arrived home naked and told different stories. Um, interesting that that how scene happens. Yeah. How could you forget? Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. That happens. And then uh, we have this moment where Kevin confronts Betty about the Jughead scenario, which is actually what opened the episode. We did a line reading from that. That was the very first thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that scene, you know, speaks for itself. Uh, But then we have another interview between Alice and Kevin. (laughs) And we now have another literary character referenced. Now, okay. So... Jason, <laughs> God, you're in high school. 
You're in high school in, say, a rural part of the United States. Am I, am I actually in high school? Or am I like 47 yes. years old pretending? No, no, no. No, okay. you're in high school. Okay. You've been assigned a book, mm-hmm. a very old timey Americana book. Okay. What book do you think it is? Huckleberry Finn. Oh, that is so close. What's the other one? Tom Sawyer. Yes. Tom yes. Sawyer. Where Kevin talks about how Tom Sawyer was really jughead shit. Specifically the part... Was what? Was his shit. He doesn't say that, but uh, that's my notes. My note saying was like that. (laughs) Basically, Kevin talks about how much he's like, yeah, jughead like really loved Tom Sawyer. Like, especially... especially... Does he mean the the Rush song? <laughs> it just gets the joke and be like, today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean man. Man, I, that Getty Lee really knows how it's going. <laughs> what? He really loves Tom Sawyer? That jughead. That's what specifically, I think. A okay. Specifically, the part where Tom Sawyer fakes his own death so he can go oh, to his that's funeral. Right. I forgot. And literally, actually, it's another forced, like. And literally, Kevin, Kevin is like, and then he like, once we finished reading the book, Jughead like went to the whole class and he got up and he was like, guys, can you imagine being able to see your own funeral? Like, wouldn't that be rad as hell? Whoa, man. No, not particularly. No. Well, I mean, I'd be okay with it. Because I'd just be like, I knew you was faking it. You don't like me at all. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly just confronting people uh, after the fact. As a ghost, of course. I'd just like dress in chains and stuff and show up and be like, Ooh, I think your speech lacked gravitas at my funeral. <laughs> that story you said at the wake never even happened the way you thought it did. <laughs> way to exaggerate to make yourself seem more important at my funeral. Um, that does not happen, but it should happen, and I would do it, you know? We would all, we would all do it. We all know. We all know. And this then leads to the next interview that Alice does with one Reggie Mantle. Uh, and this is such a, a, such a scene. It's your favorite. That it is. Oh, it's my favorite. It's the greatest scene in Riverdale history. Just kidding, that segment is coming up, but, um... Here's another line reading for Riverdale. A masterpiece of theater. Reggie, what do you make of the rumors that Jughead Jones is somehow alive? I'm angered by them, Mrs. S. It pisses me off. Yeah, of course. Because you deeply miss your friend. What? No. I'm mad because that weirdo beat me by pulling off the most epic senior prank of all time. Faking your own death? That's legendary. He'll never be forgotten. So that was garbage. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty garbage. You know, but I really feel like, especially that second part where Reggie's talking about like being an epic prank, that really feels like something that might be in a real... Well, right. Real Archie comic. Like, that's something I would... could imagine Reggie saying, like, he's grown so much, though. 
It's no, hundred percent kind of innocent too. At the same, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, kind of, it feels more in the vein of true Archie comic dumb than Riverdale the show is. My it opinion. does, it does. You're hundred percent right, but that's not who Reggie is in the show. Well, yeah. no, that's sure. why it doesn't make any sense because it's just like suddenly it's just like. Ooh, we went down to the sock cop and saw a fake death. What a great prank. <laughs> Andrew, oh. I'm trying to defend my writing. <laughs> Stop making me feel bad. Oh, this Pop. This is cyberbullying. Oh, is. Pop, what do you think about having this here milkshake now that you're a white man and we're in the 50s? <laughs> glug, glug, glug. How tasty. Let's have non-confrontational information sessions. Uh, anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> non-confrontational. I thought it was going to be non-confrontational intercourse. Or I don't know where that was going with that. But, you know. Non-confrontational <laughs> intercourse. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Archie and Betty uh, then have a meeting at Pops where they're like super cryy. Um, basically to set up Cheryl because Cheryl, of course, is tailing Betty uh, because she doesn't want Betty to commit suicide, which is very nice of Cheryl. Um, so, um, Cheryl overhears Archie and Betty crying in pops. So she makes a locker vigil, you know, as you do, she makes like a really nice uh, locker vigil where there's like somebody like sketched out this like photo of, of Jughead and like did all this time and information. And I, of course, was sitting there like, mm, I don't think anyone liked Jughead enough to draw a photo of him, but okay. <laughs> <sighs> and then after the vigil... We have a moment, a sequence, an event that will forever go down in the annals, 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 <laughs> annals, whatever of this podcast. Oh, God. Two characters find themselves embracing for the second time. I think it's the second time. I don't know. They think they've kissed before. But who, Jason... Two main characters do you think kiss? And don't give us their names. Give us their couple name. Uh, I mean, I guess you want to do that to, to Jason, but that, that's just cruelty. Um, he said all those nice Barchy. things about you, too. Sorry, what was that? Barchy. Yes! Uh, you're right! God damn it. God damn it. You are one. You're right about the scenario. You're right Barchy. about the couple name. And yes, it's motherfucking <laughs> Barchy. <laughs> it's a fucking Barchi. <laughs> okay. Another character refers to them as Barchi later on, though. Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Barchi? But so while this is going on, somebody yes. is outside taking pictures of it and surveilling them. Mm. Who, Jason? Who takes a photo of them, sends it four to photos. everyone? Four photos. She takes four photos. Okay. She. You spoiled the gender, but hey, whatever. Donna? Um. No, of course not. Mm. Donna would make sense because Donna is set up as a villain character and wants right. to be so discontent. Right. Right. No, think a little bit more close to home. Cheryl. A little bit. Yes, it's fucking Cheryl. Cheryl Why? apparently takes a photo of Archie and Betty kissing and Leave then sends it to Cheryl everyone. Alone, can I? Wait, wait, sends it to alone. everyone. Can I say the Leave line that she says when she's uh, sending out the text? <sighs> yes, she says I need to herself. Yeah, she, yeah she's she like, does. She does okay. say it to herself. Maybe yeah. she's talking to Siri. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, part of the thing. <laughs> Anyways. Go, oh, grief, you wicked, heartless aphrodisiac. Destroyer of endgames and worlds. Does she snap and then everyone, half the fucking population of Riverdale disappears? <laughs> <laughs> 
I am inevitable, okay? <laughs> so she sends a text out to everyone, and then she uh, accosts Veronica in the bathroom to tell her in person. And Veronica refers to she and Cheryl as Maple Partners, which is adorable. <laughs> So this leads to Veronica confronting Beth, Betty and Archie in the room where she was, I think, the like student lounge. Epi- yeah, the student lounge where she was convicted of being an alcoholic like a few episodes ago. But she's good now. That's how alcohol- alcoholism stops. You just get on to the next episode of your <laughs> life. Um, and uh, so she has a very uh, tense relationship and a confrontation between uh, Betty and Archie where she's basically like, you guys are a bunch of harpies and you guys are burning hell. Um, and then as they leave the situation, uh, Tony chimes in. Oh, and it's, just, the it's the best. It's the best. And Tony's just basically like, you go, girl. No, she's you got like, this. She's like, that's right. You tell him, girl. Yes, that's right. That's right. She goes, that's right. You tell him, girl. And that scene no shit it of a lie. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I rewound it like five times. I just kept like rewinding the Netflix queue and like getting back just so I could hear Tony deliver that line it is again. Like, it is like the chillest de- delivery. She's just like kind of lounging. She's just like, that's yeah. right. You tell him, girl. I'm glad you appreciate yeah. my work. I appreciate it. Uh, look, you do one good thing an episode and uh, mm-hmm. I'll give it to you here. Thanks. Um, and then, uh, you know, this then cuts to uh kevin being interviewed again where kevin is now like oh you know some people didn't think bughead should happen and uh some people are definitely team barchy so uh now i know Ooh. jughead's dead because betty would never catch archie around him okay can you imagine being team barchy yeah that's one, fucking the it worst it literally you sounds sh- like you're saying barf it literally <laughs> sounds like Team you're saying barf. You There's a reason for that, though. <laughs> okay, but Kevin doesn't know, right? Right? Kevin doesn't know the truth. No, I know. So I'm Kevin just saying that un- it's like barf worthy. So that's why it sounds like it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, oh, sorry. Barchy. Yes, Barchy. Oh, everybody <laughs> loves Barchy. It is I, an out of touch executive who is hip with the kids. <laughs> Yes, oh, I've got to crack my back and beware of the virus for it can take me out. But I know that Barchi is what these kids are into. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Yes, yes, I asked my butler and he said, mm, Yes, Barchi is what all the kids are talking about at those topics of heart. Mm, yes, yes, they are going with their skateboards I'm and their kickflips. Really- um, enjoying this character. I hope it continues to return. <laughs> character, how dare you? I'm a real executive. This is uh, executive, CW executive? Yes, I know what all the kids like, and it's fucking adults. Mm, yes. <laughs> Anyways. Um, it's dumb. Donna shows up, and I say that Donna is full-on Hannibal Lecter, so I started calling her Donna Lecter. I love Donna's uh, um, rationale for why Jughead can't be dead. <laughs> Which is? Donna says that the Jughead sex tape that she saw proves that Betty can't <laughs> go for two hours without sex with Jughead. So she knows that Betty is hiding him somewhere so she can bone him because she is a crazy nymphomaniac. 
Und Maggie I watched that fine last one trip film familiar and I saw that some people do quite enjoy the act of coitus so greatly that they must go about it at all times. And I, I barely paraphrased mine. She basically says that. I don't that. understand the rationale. What? So she starts following Betty because she's like, you know, Betty needs to bone so hard. So I'm just going to follow her until she has to like find her way back to Jughead. Because she just needs her fix. To then see her boning the Barchi in action. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally what happens. Where does Donna follow Betty to, Jason? Okay. Okay. No, no, no. We have to. Okay. Yes. Donna follows. There's a moment though. There is a moment where Donna pops up behind a parked car like a fucking Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> and I just have to mention it. Like, it's like I literally half expected, like, the Scooby-Doo music to start coming at us because she, like... So yeah. Betty goes by the parked car with the pops, out of pops, and then all of a sudden, like, Donna pops up like she's a fucking groundhog, like, looking about, <laughs> telling you if there's going to be any more fucking spring. It doesn't yeah. matter if there's going to be spring. We're all stuck inside anyways. Uh, but so Donna follows... Uh, follows them and then sorry Velasca I didn't mean to interrupt you uh where does she follow Betty to the sex dungeon yep she goes to the <sighs> sex bunker and I'm she opens okay. the door okay okay you are just I, dropping the and veneer she finds... just... <laughs> go I'm ahead Jason tonight. Jason you are dropping the veneer you fucking wrote this you know what's gonna happen every time we ask you you know what's gonna happen that's why Tony's got more lines. That's why Kevin's got more lines. That's why they're calling the sex bunker the sex bunker. Because I believe when we brought up the phrase sex bunker, it was not actively called the sex bunker until Cheryl <laughs> brought it up as the sex bunker. So uh, I'm pretty sure that this all tracks. I'm pretty sure this is better evidence that we are living in some kind of fucking simulation. <laughs> and... A simulation where the AI is broken and this is the best thing they can come up with? Yes. (laughs) This is the Matrix where the Matrix has been glitched by too many memes and accidentally created a TV show. This is what happens when I fed an AI bot a whole bunch of episodes of Scooby-Doo, a bunch of episodes of Supernatural, and a bunch of old Archie cartoons. It just read the description of Twin Peaks episodes, but they never actually... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it just read the descriptions of Twin Peaks episodes. (sighs) Yeah, so she sees Archie and Betty making out of the movie. Yeah, Barchie in full effect. And again, I have a note that says, wash those fucking sheets, because you know nobody's done that. We need to go back and, like, look at all of the uh, shots of the sex bunker and see if the sheets have changed. (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) Because I don't want to know We need to hire an intern to do that for us. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hi. Hi, yeah, I heard you got laid off, so we wanted to really, like, help you and become a job creator. Um, So we need you to go through all these episodes of Riverdale. And uh, look at the sheets on a bunker where children have sex. Is that? We need you to watch the Barchi scene seventy-five times. Back and to the left. If you want to see back and to the left. Enhance. Zoom in. Magnify. (laughs) Fucking awful. (laughs) Awful thing to do to somebody. (sighs) Ah. We're hiring you so guys. That happens. Send us an email. <laughs> yep. 
yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're hiring, we're hiring. Um, so that's a thing that happens. Um, and then, you know, we get Betty having an interview with her mom where she goes, Mom, let me tell you something off record. And then... Uh, oh, my God. And then, like, Alice basically tells everyone what Betty just said off the record. Not in so many yeah. words. Yeah, yeah. So that's She's what I was like, going to say. Literally, literally, right now, I had that, like, that windmill that happens when you've been overloaded, like your PC has been overloaded and you're trying to load something and there's just a pinwheel of death. Mm-hmm. That was me because I couldn't load the next sentence because it was too stupid. She's like, <laughs> turns out this isn't so much the story of a murder in a small town as the story of what happens when friendship and conspiracy combine. Basically. What? That's not even a joke. That's not even a joke. Valeska basically just regurgitated the exact phrase that it is. She just barchied out that fucking line. Oh, she just <laughs> barchied all over the place. You guys, I'm right here. <laughs> Barchies is gonna barchy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so oh, that happens. Yeah. yeah, so she spills the beans. Yeah. She spills the beans. Uh, and then we get a, uh, an image of, you know, Archie and Veronica boning. I don't and then, think you said this explicitly, but I'm guessing the secret is that Betty is hiding. Fucking we'll find dead. out. We'll find out. Dude, there's still like five minutes left. Shut the hell up and let us tell you. <laughs> let us tell you your own story that you wrote. <laughs> I is doctor now. Um, so um, Archie and Veronica are boning. And then uh, afterwards, Veronica, in a moment of post-coital inter- discussion, inter- interaction discussion. Um, intercourse. She kind post-coital of, like, looks intercourse. In- after fucking they fuck some more no it's the other meaning of the word (laughs) nope not in Riverdale Um, it's only one meaning in Riverdale Um, she asks Archie if kissing Betty was real like if there's any real emotions behind that kiss he doesn't say no he doesn't say no he doesn't say no he says when are you gonna get it through your head that you're the only woman for me but he doesn't say no (laughs) he doesn't say no jason well that's because he's never felt any emotion his entire life well he's never acted any emotions but i'm sure he cried one time he He did cry one time because his wall punching hurt his hand (laughs) Um, okay twice Twice. <laughs> um, then we cut to um, a scene in the sex bunker between Betty and she's not alone because someone else pops her head up like a fucking groundhog about to tell you how many days is left of spring <laughs> it's Jughead of course it is because uh, Jughead's like wow I've been hiding in this bunker this whole is time what? I've been in this bunker. I had to experience you kissing Archie. He was what? under the cot while they were like making out on top of it. I'm, I'm sure good that Donna doesn't have any peripheral vision or look under the bed. It's all great and fine. I'm See, I'm Jughead, and I knew about the virus before anyone else, so I said, why don't I practice some self-isolation in this sex bunker for hours and days upon time? Oh, because it's so much well, safer with all the bacteria in there. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. That's exactly... Well, I hate to break this to you, Jughead. You now have gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's the least yeah, of his problems. At least it's not corona. I'd rather have gonorrhea. Um, yeah. And then uh, we get some we get some exposition about how Jughead is still alive. Uh, one, the beanie cushioned the rock of death. The beanie cushioned the rock. How long murder. has he been in the sex bunker? Are we to surmise that he's been eating in the sex bunker? I think it's like three weeks. I think it's he's like been, three weeks. I don't so think he's left. He been, he's been drinking bodily fluids? Is that what? Uh, no, because um, was... so Betty has been giving him pops for the whole time. Like she's been visiting him and giving him pops. He's been eating cheeseburgers on the floor of the sex bunker? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And drinking milkshakes. Oh my God. So um, then he gets a new beanie because Betty's like, hey, I, you know, I used some sewing or crocheting, probably crocheting. She learned to crocheting. knit. She learned to knit for him. Right, knitting. My God, there's so many different words to say the same thing, but they're different. So she knit there, him a the, beanie. There's, okay, we're not going to get into it. There's a lot of difference. <laughs> I know. I'm apologizing. Thank I you. I was wrong. Um, so Jughead, for one, she gets a new, he gets a new beanie, and then I they- I cannot get over that he was drinking a milkshake while people were fucking on top of him. <laughs> Look, guess what? Uh, you can get over it because you wrote it in your script later on. Um, and actually he wasn't have... because we find out later on that Donna noticed there were not one, not two, but three <sighs> milkshakes on the table. Yep, mm. yep. Valeska is doing her trademark, uh, scenario of jumping ahead on me, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the perfect segue shakes. existed it, it did but I'm not going there because there's a name that we have to go into towards people who are involved in the conspiracy oh excuse me I'm sorry go ahead <laughs> so Betty and Jughead talk about everyone who's in, involved in the conspiracy and we get like the normal names like you know we've got FP is involved all the kids are involved and also uh, you know Chip is involved Chip, Chip, not Chip, but whatever fucking Hansel or Gretel, whatever the stupid guy's name is. Charles? <laughs> Charles, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Charles, who's both Hansel and Gretel. I hate him. Um, but there's also a mortician involved who, as far as I can tell, was named Dr. Curdle Jr. Yeah, he's been there since uh, season one or two. Dr. Curdle Jr. is his name? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, is that the creepy ass guy? Yeah, that's the creepy. That's the creepy oh, mortician guy in the corner. That's the creepy mortician guy. Oh, I think he's actually Dr. Curdle Junior. I missed you. You're 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 cake. You're cool. Um, but there was another thing that was asked that was actually very important to this scenario because <laughs> Jughead also asks, "Was that kiss?" With Archie real, Betty? Was that a real kiss? Was that, like, emotionally involving? She should have been like, you were there, you tell me. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was too like... involved with my milkshake to pay attention. I just, I'm asking if it's real because I was, you know, eating a cheeseburger and not paying attention. <laughs> I, was, I was in the middle of eating a floor cheeseburger, so I kind of <laughs> missed the kiss. Uh, was it good? I only eat one cheeseburger a day, so I'm kind of real hungry. Uh, <laughs> How was it? Um, but yeah, it was fine. She didn't care. She was cool. She's like, no, no, B, no, B, it's cool, it's chill. And she's like, can we stop talking and do it already? Yeah, but then I wrote, I said, it's true. I wrote, Betty goes, nah, B, but really, some B, B. 
because as we see <laughs> in the next situation um I understand the scenario though like maybe you can uh, help me understand this like she knows jughead is there so why is she bringing archie there because she wants to fool donna well yeah but go somewhere else no, because she has to go away into a secret bunker, and where better to hide than in plain sight of Donna? Uh, it's a bad move on their part because Donna eventually finds out, but we will talk about that in a moment. This whole thing is a bad move. Let's just be honest. Well, it turns out it's true because um, Veronica gets interviewed by, um, you know, Alice. Uh, for the end of her To Die For video, the last moments of the video. Oh, we come back to this. We do. We do come back to this. And we come back to this. Again, I don't understand who this is going to be released to or if it's going to be released or, like, when. Because it's obvious now that they faked the death and they're talking about the aftermath. Right? And Alice is like, Veronica, you think real? You think kiss real? You think real emotions happen in that kiss? Alice is a shitster. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just, I'm just asking the questions like an internet troll. You think real? Hmm. And then Veronica's like, "No, I trust my boy. It's all good." Turns out it's not all good, as we then see a text message exchange. Oh, guys, guys, we've seen a lot of dark things on this show, but we have never. Okay, yes, we have, but pretend like we've never seen hints of infidelity between any of the characters. What? He sends her an eggplant emoji. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 there was no no eggplant. No eggplant emoji or Anthony (laughs) Weiner shenanigans. No, this was much worse. Carlos Nature? (laughs) Oh, God. No, 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 no. Betty sends him a text message that says, I hope I wasn't a bad kisser flirty emoticon and then you know it's left at dot 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 because archie is responding now at first he responds no you were great i wouldn't mind that assignment at any time but it cuts back to betty she hasn't received the text yet she still sees the dot dot dots we flash back to archie he erases the last sentence and just sends you were great infidelity is gonna happen wait there's more plot is there more yeah what else happens what else happens then she sends knight kissy face and he smiles (laughs) and says knight kissy face Uh, the kissy face with the heart barchied all over our fucking faces (laughs) in our eyes (laughs) yeah our tv gets barched upon barched upon (laughs) and uh it's quite horrific Oh, it's quite horrific. Uh, but yes, the Barchessance is coming. Uh, hide your wife, hide your kids. There's nothing that we can do to stop this scenario. Stay Jesus. indoors so that the Barchy Renaissance does not come to fruition. It's happening. It's happening. It's real, guys. It's all happening. Uh, and then we do cut to uh, Donna coming in and barging in on, you know, Brett being Brett. And she'd be like, I know that Jughead is not dead. And then, you know, he's like, what? And she's like, she went to Pops, and there was lots of food. 
And then, you know, Brett is like, well, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, have you seen how ripped Archie is? I'm sure that dude protein mounds, mounds a whole bunch of burgers, okay? He could be, like, half a dozen of those. And then she's like, forget about the fucking burger, Brett. <laughs> We're not talking about the goddamn burger. We're talking about the motherfucking milkshakes. Oh, look, God. look into my flashback because you now have my vision for you psychically connect with me and see the flashback as the audience does. There were not one. There were not even two. There were three milkshakes in the holder of cups. Get it through your thick, stupid skull, Brett. I'm He's alive. I'm pretty sure Archie could down two milkshakes, though. Yeah, but also, yeah, like, also, wouldn't the same thing apply? Like, wouldn't the exact same defense apply? Like, yeah, Archie's fucking, like, a ripped monster who murders men in bear suits. Like, I'm pretty sure he <laughs> can eat, uh, I eat multiple burgers and drink... Lots of milkshakes. Yeah, mm. I agree. But uh, it, it does come to the moment where, like, Donna's like, don't you ever underestimate me, Brett, or undermine me, or I'm else I'm the brains in up. this partnership. Yeah, oh, she goes, I'm the brains. I'm master, oh. you blaster. We get <laughs> 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 we, we, we cause an havoc. That is Tina Turner. Oh, nice. Betty is a real Tina Turner. Amazing. But yeah, she basically threatens to murder Brett if he, you know, undermines her and doesn't listen Archie's to her. a real Mel Gibson, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, no! No! <laughs> Veronica and Betty, stay away! Um, yeah, he bad man. Um, yeah, there are three milkshakes. But it's, uh, you know, Donna does her threat. And then we cut back to Hermosa coming to Veronica. As she's found the secret. She's used her mad, sick, hop, scoop, and a jump amazing skills as a private investigator. Oh, what, Jason? Did you forget that she was a private eye? So did I. But she didn't. Because Hermosa has amazing (laughs) crime-solving abilities, apparently. And is a great private investigator. So she finds out some dirt on Donna Sweet. And Veronica brings this dirt to the sex bunker, where there is now basically a conspiracy sex bunker, um, which I might add is unlike any other conspiracy bunker, because most conspiracy bunkers, there ain't no sex happening there. Uh, But this is a conspiracy sex bunker now, where they're going through the mystery, and uh, she brings them all together, and she goes, guys, turns out Donna Sweet, not so sweet. Donna Sweet is actually... The episode ends. Oh, my God. And I don't know. And I actually don't know because unlike last week, I didn't look ahead. I'm just staying in the now. I'm living in the now. And it definitely wasn't I didn't want to watch the next episode because this episode was so bad it made me really sad. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. This It's not like this episode was so bad that Valeska didn't even make a slam book for it because the slam book is the wow. episode. Wow. All I have are right. some best dressed and a worse name. Yeah, and I'm going to guess Hermosa and what I'm, Dr. Kubel Jr. or whatever the hell his okay, name was. don't spoil it. I like <laughs> Hermosa's name. Worst name was Dr. Curdle Jr. Best dressed. Yes, Veronica's <laughs> mugshot outfit with a gorgeous sequin top and Cheryl's gorgeous peekaboo sweater for her um, 
weird pervy photography thing. Oh, yes, the classic pervy photography thing. <sighs> Archie's mugshot outfit was just his gym clothes, so whatever. Yeah, of course <laughs> it was. You know, uh, Jason, what river? how many river punches would you give this as I drank the rest of my wine? You know, like last week, I know you were really um, fired up, but I actually found that episode description really kind of fun. Like, I, it was stupid, but fun, kind of. <laughs> This week I had less fun. Like I just uh, I <laughs> ouch. I just what? I, I respect mean, it. I mean, I That's right. You tell him, girl. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad. You didn't have as good of a time tonight. You didn't I like just the podcast? mean that. I think that last episode was more outrageous. This is just kind of dumb. So I'm yeah. going. I'm going. You know. Um, twenty-seven river punches. Okay. Destrian okay. 27 river punches. Um, I'm uh, I'm giving this one uh, burning raft, which has a crap ton of rats on it, because Jason Corpse is still born burning. Um, that mm. is in the river. Uh, that's how yeah. many river punches I give I it. I can tell you really hated this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This episode, don't get me wrong. I hated this episode because they could have done everything they wanted to in this episode and not set characters back they could have maintained continuity with characters and made their interactions just as meaningful um but no they just did it all hammy and bullshitty and like while i like the donna stuff and i like conceptually some of the stuff they're going for um don't bring up fucking reichenbach falls and then bring up the worst huckleberry finn knockoff tom sawyer bullshit ever you know? Wait, 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 did you just call Tom Sawyer a Huckleberry Finn knockoff? <laughs> yeah, okay, I haven't read either. I'm just assuming. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Wait, okay, what's, shocking. What, what's the deal with either character? Wasn't Huckleberry Finn the... Like, I, all I know from Huckleberry Finn is the movie Easy A, where... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we don't have time to get into that. <laughs> Can I give my river punches, though? Yes, yeah, please. okay, please, sure. Let's move on. I'm going to give it 99 river punches because I love the styling in this episode. There were a lot of really good outfits, some really great hair. Um, Mm. I really liked uh, Cheryl's funeral lipstick. So 99 river punches for the sartorial approach. 99 river punches for Blarchy Gate 1. (laughs) 99, 99. Okay. I, um... Yeah, I wasn't privy to any of the stylistic um, choices. I only know the stupid um, plotting of this episode. So, If I can mm, find any think... images of my favorite outfits, I will send them to you. I can't mm, wait to see them. I think you were aware because you were on set doing rewrites <laughs> as you re-listened <laughs> to last week's episode. You think there's rewrites done on this show? <laughs> it just goes first draft straight out. <laughs> well, no. I think I think this is like uh, this is all written during the writer's strike. Uh, <laughs> it was just some executive who right. was like ODing on a heroin and these were his last words like were the plot of this uh, entire series. Um, he just spoke into a microphone as his fucking brain was dying, and that's what the plot of this is. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Kurt Cobain. Uh, anyways, uh, Jason, where can we find you on the internet? Well, before that, I want to um, do one more thing. Oh, yes. Is, I Sorry. I asked um, you people 
Ooh, whoa. To um, write us some reviews, and I promised I'd read them on the air. Um, but you haven't done that, so now you're going to be forced to listen to TV reviews of people, random people who have left reviews of this season, this season, season four of Riverdale. Um, and I'm going to read them aloud until you, until such time that you actually decide to write us a review. So this is what you, you earned this, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, and I'm just going to start with the first one. Haven't read this yet. It looks pretty long. Um, it was posted 23 hours ago. <clears throat> By the critic, the, the user critic name is Bob's. Uh, Bob's okay. with, a B, with an S. B. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you prepared for this? No. This show just described that way. Andrew, did you write this? The first <laughs> sentence of this review is... This show just destroys my will to live. <laughs> one star, by the way. This is a one star review. <clears throat> if it were not for this pandemic, I wouldn't come near this show. <laughs> the characters are terribly written with the only intention to feed the ego of the actors and producers. They constantly get real-world events wrong and have... What does that mean? And have little to no accuracy on how the world functions. <laughs> He's really mad about Glamberger eggs. Anyways, accurate, continue. Accurate. These kids constantly accuse, slander, harass, and full-on assault people without proof of the accusation or justification. They're constantly shown to be egomaniacs who care very little for anyone around them and act only in self-interest. Archie, Veronica, Betty and Jughead are terrible human beings who destroy people's lives at the slightest provocation. Not to mention the sexist display of men in this show, clearly aimed at young girls high on hormones. Wow, this took a misogynistic turn. It, is that what young girls do, Valeska? Get high on hormones? Is that, I mean, I feel like all yeah, young people yeah. do. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You um, should not ask to... me what the real <laughs> thing I know all about the young children and their ways. <laughs> That's who wrote this CW. It wouldn't be so bad if the stories were not so god-awful and poorly written. I feel personally attacked. Mm -hmm. Mysteries are solvable with two episodes of exposure due to the unnecessary amount of foreshadowing. <laughs> An overcomplication that only ends up tripping the writers up in their own story. Bold, bold move from somebody who just wrote foreshoting. Many times, parts of the show are flat out ignored to justify later, later revelations due to the short-sighted writing. I can't count the amount of ex machinas this show has had to use to try and square away the story, and still is somehow doesn't end up working. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I agree with that. There's a very much uh, robots that are based off of people's uh, porn searches uh, in, the, in the show. <laughs> This is written by a robot. Just a terrible show meant for young children who don't know enough about life to see the issues or or are too distracted by the sex to see it. One out of ten. You would be better severed putting nails in your eyes. Wow. Or that took a turn. Reading a fucking book. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just get that? Hey, wait a minute. Did that review just end with or reading a book? A, a fucking book. No, no, no. All no, no. capitalized. That, all this capitalized. guy just said all this shit 
And then his end critique is, wow, it could be worse. I could be Pinhead or reading a book. <laughs> what no, the no. fuck? No, no. It said you would be better severed putting nails in your eyes. I'm guessing that means served. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he, or... think, he thinks that you sever your entire head when you put nails <laughs> in your eyes or read a book. I don't know. What this Reading person a thinking. fucking book, Andrew. If you read a fucking book, you would know the difference between Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Oh. So like, okay, look, okay, look, if I read yes. that book, but I'm sorry, I have a whole bunch of Riverdale tie-in novels to read, and that's not a joke. I'm reading them all and in process of reading another. I, I just want to give a special thanks to Bobsby because I think that was pretty special. I mean, I it's pretty special in knowing that there are uh, people who write reviews as bad as this show writes television. <laughs> I'm so mean. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to do one of those each episode, and we're going to do it by random and just, you know, keep going and uh, talk about the random mm-hmm. things that happen. Well, I want to give a, I just want to read a positive one from two days ago. Okay. Um, Is it short? Deshaun K. Yeah, amazing. I'm already at season four because of this lockdown. So, you know, that's. Hey, that's, that's you know what? You yeah. know what? Maybe someone will listen to our podcast because of this, and that'll be cool. Maybe they'll write a review. <laughs> Maybe we can read it on air. <laughs> And maybe you can please Bob's be a writer. Oh my god, review Bob's. us. Write me personally. Like, I, I don't want Bob's writing a review. No, I'm we do. Bitch. That would be amazing. Be like, really uh, you'd be better severed by listening to like a uh, pop culture happy hour or, or this American life. Or smashing yourself in the face with a hammer. Are we smashing yourself in the face with a hammer? You'd be better served putting nails in your ears or listening to NPR. NPR is just really bad. He just thinks just like this really weird ending. Oh, speaking of weird endings, uh, Jason, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, bloodygoodhorror.com, writing reviews every once in a while. You know, you can also on Twitter, um, bad attitude for you. And, okay. you know. You send me an email if you want. Whatever. <laughs> Jason, you Jason, know. Jason, are if you you're okay? If you're Bob's B, I'll give you my address. You can come you know, <laughs> come over and review my family. <laughs> Screw quarantine. Ma- you can come my- over, Bob. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> you're invited to all of our homes. <laughs> you're the only one I'm not socially distancing from. Bob's B. <laughs> It's because you know that I'm not reading a book during this tw- time like I should. So you're allowed to come over. <laughs> yeah. Valeska, where on this world wide web can we find your presence? Uh, I'm on Twitter at BitchcraftTO, but I only want Bob to follow me. <laughs> Everyone else can unfollow. fuck right off. She's just gonna go and block everyone who isn't named Bob. Her followers are just gonna be one, and it's gonna be a Bob. I just want him to review every tweet of mine. <laughs> you yeah, better be severed. You need <laughs> better be severed by listening to that Imagine video by all them celebrities, or reading the tweets of James Woods. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> As always, you can find this amazing podcast on Twitter at mpodcastm or email us at milktakesandmimosas at gmail.com. Please rate us five stars wherever you do so feel inclined. Inclined. Mm, That was a failure to rate. And always, 
blame the CW. Goodbye. Bye. Love you all. Goodbye.